0: On this episode of Complicated Conversations, we welcome Becky Chalston. Becky is a film and television development executive at Sunday Night Productions. She is a graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and now lives in New York City. Her debut novel, Kismet, is out now. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Becky. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about Kismet.
1: Kismet is a women's fiction, contemporary romance story set in the beach town of Kismet Fire Island, which is a real beach town off the coast of Long Island where you only can get there by ferry, and so there's no cars, and it sort of feels like it's transported from time in a way. It follows two twin sisters. Our narrator Amy is attending her twin sister Joe's wedding in Kismet Fire Island, which is their family beach town. And she's already sort of reeling from a heartbreak, and when she gets there, there's, you know, she's trying to put on a good face, a happy face for her sister's wedding, but then she sees sort of the one man from her past who she ever had feelings for, which just sends everything into doubt and questions and turmoil set against the backdrop of this whirlwind wedding week of celebrations. And it's the cusp of their thirtieth birthday, so just the natural—you just
0: threw everything in there, yeah.
1: Yeah. yes. throw <laughs> yes. it all in there. I Absolutely wanted
2: it. good, oh, good. We that's love that. Amazing. So let's start with your protagonist, Amy, who I really related to. Type A, loves Absolutely. a good list, color coded the planner. You know, she's married to her childhood sweetheart, and her life is really sort of mapped out for her. But as you said, she's also a twin. So she has Joe, who is very different than her. They're not identical twins, but I just also mean in personality and other ways. So I understand you borrowed some autobiographical elements for each of them from yourself. So tell us a little bit about your development of Amy and, and Joe.
1: That's such a great question. It was very cathartic, I think, to sort of use myself and my own personal details a sort of like a jumping off pad for then the rest of the plot, which is definitely fictional. But I wanted to sort of pull from what I know. I you mean, know, I was writing this book during the pandemic. It was summer twenty twenty. And it was my first time writing anything. I've always worked in book to film development. But so I was like, oh yeah, everyone always says like write what you know. So I will do that. I, at first I tried to make them quadruplets, but it was too many characters to mm-hmm. balance. So I scaled them to twins. I knew Amy would be not even just the name alone. I always knew right when I started writing, I wanted to name her Amy. My In real life, I'm a quadruplet, and my sisters all share the little women names. There's yeah. Joanna, Margaret, Meg, and Elizabeth, Beth, and I'm Rebecca. From My mom always wanted a daughter to name her Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farms from the book because that was mm-hmm. her favorite book growing up. I've always hated the name Rebecca for me. I never felt like a Rebecca. I always wished I had been named Amy. My parents like didn't realize oh. they were doing that <laughs> because they thought they were having two boys and two girls for their whole pregnancy. And so when we arrived, they were like, oh. My I was the third born, too. So the first thing I heard was like, what the hell? It's another girl. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to name this one? Yeah. And then so my mom's recovering and they, always, they only had Rebecca and Margaret picked out. So Joanna and Elizabeth filled the mold. And then months later, they realized that they had sort of inadvertently done three-fourths. So that's where the names Amy and Joe come from. For the characteristics, it was it was fun. I knew Amy wanted sort of the most similar – to me, in that, such a planner has to go to this life plan and her relationship with Ben, who is her high school sweetheart. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We've date, been dating since like the 10th grade. We both went to college together. And I just thought that was sort of, I mean, A, like the relationship that I know the best. But B, I think something that I've always wanted to read more of in books or see in, in media, these of the high school sweethearts. A, I, once very easy, like you've met your soulmate at a young age, like you don't have to – I've never had to go into the world of dating. But at the same time, it's a lot of sort of actively saying like, oh, here's a new person and I'm not going down that road. and And a lot of communication, especially in college, which is what you sort of see with – Amy and and Ben and the flashbacks to their time, also at Penn autobiographical Mm -hmm. detail was that decision of you know, every time we met someone new, both of us sort of saying, no, like what we have is better and stronger and the more perfect match. And so it's that very like willful, deterrence of, of anything else. And so I'm very risk averse, which I think has a lot to do with my many long-term relationships in my life between my husband and my sisters, and we all grew up together. And so I thought that would just be fun to explore. But then I gave her Amy the job of an accountant, which is my sister Maggie's career path, not my career. We sort of picked and pulled details yeah. from all the sisters. Yeah. And then Joe. I love Joe, and she's sort of also has this like wish fulfillment element of, you know, she's blonde. It's like my sister Joanna is like the most natural, beautiful blonde. But my sister Joanna works in ad sales and is an athlete. And so I wanted Joe in the book to be more like me in terms of the writing career and sort of that like literary space. And, and that's what's been fun. A lot of people friends and family are like oh is it joanna and or like, who who did you like which sisters show up in the book the most and it's like everyone's me and
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah, I love laughs> when that. my husband first read the book i was nervous that he would sit he would be the Emmett stuff is all a fabrication my husband and i never went on a break sure. my sisters yeah. were like did you guys go on a break i'm like oh no God, guys I, yeah. the book. <laughs> yes, yes. Read, I was nervous he would be like who is this guy Emmett, <laughs> and instead oh he God. was like Oh, they're both me. Like I wear flannels with <gasps> like Emmett. And like I'm Ben. Like he sees himself in it. <laughs> Sweetest oh my gosh, way. that is
0: great of <laughs> me. I love
1: that. I say the same thing. I
0: have five. I have a book coming out, and I have five characters, and I'm like, they're all me. Yeah, they're, they're all me. Yes. They're all different versions of me. They're all the worst of taking a little bit of me and then making it the best or the worst that yes. I could ever be. I love that. There's so much you just said. That Sorry. I want to come back to, no, <laughs> no, no, that I want to come back to. I'm going to hold off on the relationship thing, but I, because we'll get to that. Yes, yes, but I want to talk about something that I I like to know about people when I'm getting to know them, even fictional characters, is birth order, and I always say birth order trumps astrology. Like we mm. talk about astrology all the time on this podcast, but. If I find, I'm like, mm, you're not really jiving with what I know about your sign. So like, tell me your birth order. And then, of course, that's easier than saying, tell me your whole, what's your moon sign, what's everything else. Yeah. But you've really thrown a wrinkle in birth
1: order for me here. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't even imagine. So you're third, three of four. Yes. So we have one older bullets. brother who was two mm-hmm. when we were born. Okay. And he's a writer and lives in LA. And then the four of us were, Yeah. Within 60 seconds, we were with C-section. Oh, my gosh. This is wild. But we really do – I think track. Like, yeah, like Joanna is our oldest, and she's the alpha. We always say it's Joanna's world. We're just living in it. Like she, and then the, <laughs> the boys that circle in. Like they know. Like Joanna, she was the last of us to learn to speak or to walk, and she would just point, and we would go and bring the toys to her. Like speak in Hi. our own language, and and so from from then, it's so it's so funny. Mine. Being third, it's sort of funny because, like, you're not quite the middle child, but –
0: You're not the baby. Youngest,
1: yeah, yeah not yeah. the baby. But I think it was sort of that – the difference of – Oh, I've always been the one who wanted to be different, different and do something different. I didn't want to match. My mom would dress us all in the same the same outfits but different colors. We all yeah. had a different color assigned to us. And so yeah. I was pink, which still very much tracks. My college dorm was pink. Everything was pink. But I never wanted, I wouldn't wear those sunglasses and a picture if everyone else had sunglasses. And I moved, was the only one who moved to LA after college. I've since moved back to New York, but I always wanted to be sort of different. And that's when like the less birth order, although I'm sure it is it has much to do in there, but when I was telling somebody about my name they were like oh that's why like you're the one who never fit in oh, with your name right. and oh. you like created this sort yeah. of narrative for yourself it, as a reason to sort of be different too and like mm-hmm. find a different way and I was like oh my god when you're read back by somebody you're like oh my <laughs> how did you see yes. me like that but it, it sort of clicked for me yeah. in a way that I loved because I've always wanted to be but then also with Rebecca Sunnybrook Farms is such a namesake too I was, I was always the reader of our family like really always like head in the book and so it just is it's funny when you think but I was always jealous I wanted to be named Joanna yes. <laughs> and you're like why oh, couldn't it have been me like the name choices my yes. parents had like note cards at our we were all in, in NICU because we were very premature and my dad once he had the name sort of sorted out would just like rotate the note cards to see, like, who fit what. And yes. my sister Maggie, I guess Margaret always was her personality. She was, like, crying a lot as a kid. It's just <Yeah>. so crazy. <laughs> oh, there's so many stories that as you get older, this isn't a podcast about <laughs> being a quadruplet, I know, but it's been <laughs> funny to see, like, as some of my friends start to have kids, I get a lot of texts, like, how'd your mom do this? So? Oh, like, what did your mom do with this? Or, like, how did you balance? Mm-hmm. And the appreciation, I think, for my parents and how they raised us is so – every day I'm, like, so much more grateful for it than, you know, of course, when you're, like, 17 years old, you're, like, stop matching me. Right. Leave me alone. I want to be different. I'm my own person. (laughs) Leave me alone. I hated it until I was, like, 18 years old. And then since then, it's just been the best. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well,
0: so – and that informed – you. you already mentioned that you thought about doing quadruplets. But – so was there ever a chance that these two sisters were going to be I don't know 18 months apart? No, twins were really vital to the story. Yes,
1: Always yeah. twins. And my husband's an identical twin, and so I they've just been surrounded by twins for a long time and I yeah. think they're just such a fun juxtaposition to get to play with your characters and mm-hmm. and it's sort of funny too it's people always have asked me like what's it like being a quadruplet and or my husband like what's it like being a twin and since we were little and we always remember saying like, it's the only thing we really know. And what I've sort of since come down to is that idea that it's really similar to just siblings in general. Like as you know, I have a lot of friends who are very close with their siblings. You just experience everything at the same time. And so there's even more of that shared language, but also shared history and and trajectory. Like two of my sisters are getting married this year. So we're doing like a joint bridal shower and their engagements were close together and Everybody was like, it's not so stressful for your parents. And my mom's like, no, it's just how I enjoy it. Like, yeah, we're used to this. Yeah, it was one at a time, it's sort of like, oh no, like
0: (laughs) something's off.
1: Like, throw me more. We all sort of excel at them. We're doing like very high volume. High volume. Makes sense. That's how they've operated
2: since birth. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So so let's talk about Kismet. I mean, obviously, it's the title of the novel, but it is also, as you mentioned, the setting, Kismet Fire Island, and as a noun meaning fate, quite a theme of the novel. So I want to start with the setting. I'm actually from Long Island, so is Corinne, uh, but I grew up in the Hamptons, and I still live there now, and I have never been to Fire Island, and I cannot tell you how many times... It's come up recently, which is one of the reasons when this book was pitched to us. I'm like, this is like some sort of sign. I have got to go to Fire
0: Island. Yes. It's kismet. I know. We we did not even talk about this, Kate. No. But have you, you ever same. been? I've never been. And my book is set on the North Fork. And everyone's like, well, we, we'd like an island a little more secluded. Okay. And I'm like, I've never been to Fire Island. That would be perfect. Yeah, but I yeah. have never been there. Yes. Yes, yes. But we've never been. So calling to us. It yeah.
2: is. It's calling it's to soccer. us. And it's. I get why we haven't. I mean, right? We both kind of had our own beaches it's nothing against it it is just it's so close for those listening who don't know I mean the the reason it's so crazy we haven't been is it's really not that far away so and I've heard wonderful things and now your book has just really got me into it so tell us about the setting and what it means to you and why you wanted to to place the novel
1: here You have to come with me this summer. Yep. It's okay. It's do, we'll do a thing. My husband's parents met out there as post themselves like decades ago, and they've lived there forever, and I've had a summer house there in Kismet, and so I've been going since like my junior year of high school with my husband's family, and so – and it's just the best. It's like as soon as you get on the ferry – it's a 30-minute ferry ride from like Bayshore, Long Island to the dock in Fire Island – and that's sort of when the, like, vacation begins. And it has that sort of transport of quality because you feel like that is part of the ride. And it, you could be going, like, an hour or a week, you know, And but instead it's 30 minutes. People take their watches off. They're, like, on Fire Island time. And then once you get there, I've always just been sort of amazed by how casual and welcoming and so f- much fun it is because, you know, there's no cars and – there's really no rules, it seems. It's really small. Everyone is just walking around or on bicycles. It's about five blocks from the docks at the bay to the beach. And because of that, there's just this freedom. And there's two restaurants in town, the in and the out. And they have bands on the weekends and great food. And it's and it's one of those things that's just felt so much – it felt so rare and so special that you go. And, and especially the way that my in-laws do their kismet weekends, which is like – there's a uh, party so much are so fun and like late nights and then you wake up and you have these like massive bagel spreads and it's hilarious too because, and I think why sometimes it's not as common to go to Fire Island because it's on, there's like no grocery stores. Like there's yeah. one market, you know, like you have to really slap a lot of things with you and my, my mother-in-law would have like the dog and the boys and like carts full of food and like everything you can need for the weekend, paper towels, like to stock your house Just like schlepping it in these like wagons and carts, and then but once you're there, it's you feel escaped in a way, and it's Mm -hmm. just magical. And then you have these late nights like walking around, and then yeah, you can like go to the beach at night. It just is amazing. And so I sort of knew it would be the perfect place for not just like a romance novel and a really fun beach read, but also I just loved the idea of in Fourth of July, where the when the book takes place, there's always this big Fourth of July parade and kids decorate wagons and it's featured in the book and there's just so much celebration that's happening but at the same time amy in kismet is sort of dealing with a lot of heartache and and drama and i love that balance of those times in our lives when you need to put on a happy face but it's so hard and so i i thought that was sort of the perfect dichotomy of of amy in her favorite place the place where she's always felt so happy but she's just dealing with a lot of of her own sort of drama yeah. and heartbreak, and and forcing her in that I thought would be sort of ripe for Yeah,
0: well cuz she Obama. is a place where she's used to feeling so free and so herself and yet she's kind of trapped in her head and trapped in the situation and doesn't know what to yeah. do and it's not a normal feeling for her.
1: Yeah, and I thought yeah. that would be kind of fun as we get older and you know I just turned 30 in December and all my sisters and I and it was and it's sort of funny even just this past year of of going to the holidays or doing all the things that are traditions when you're a kid. But now you have like adult woes and, and mm, it's sort of yes. like, like growing pain where like you're not used to feeling stressed in this place. You're you're used to being there like on break in between college and and also sort of that age where we feel like, you know, none of my sisters have kids yet. And some, we feel sort of like big grown up, like big kids in a way where it's like too big. Like it, we're sort of not fitting in the, in the ways we used to. And I thought that would be sort of an interesting thing for Amy to talk about too, where like, you know, she's made – this plan and she followed her plan and planning from 20 to 30 feels sort of straightforward in a lot of ways. If, if you're lucky to have like, you know, met the person you want to marry and find the apartment you want and the job you want. Yeah. But from 30 to 40 is where what I'm dealing with is sort of like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Yeah, what do we well, do? Like,
0: so yeah, twenty happen. to thirty is
1: really establishing so much, but then yeah. thirty to forty is like, how do we grow it? Yeah. And I always feel like my friends and I, like three years after college, all were like having slight breakdowns of like, wait, like if there's no grades and like, are we doing this right? And like, when will they tell us like we're doing okay? And and getting used to being uncomfortable with that of like, oh no, life is just sort of like the daily journeys, and and that's what I I had read this quote once that was. Like attitude is the difference between an ordeal and an adventure, and that sort of like changed everything in my in life. It was that. like a meme on Instagram. That yeah. like yeah, heart. yes. But, and that's what I feel like was sort of the lesson I wanted in the book too for Amy because and and what I sort of just come back to as a human every day is like that's really all you can control. And and Amy like myself, I have a lot of relationships that. I've built and it's remembering that you can trust them. And Amy sort of starts and ends on a spoiler, but with a lot of the things in her life in the book stay the same at the end as they do in the beginning, but it's her mindset and sort of like, yeah, that changes.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you about that because it really is sort of, I, am. we both on this podcast love to talk about fate versus free will. And if, if her arc is it's mostly internal it is the movement from fate to free will and yeah. it is these things have come into her life by fate but she they stay in her life because she chooses, chooses them with her own free will i love that my first of all going back to what you said earlier my parents met when they were 13 and 14 they stayed together. They never went on a break. They, you know, and they stayed together, and they're still together now. And it's such a rare thing. Even though I've experienced it, knowing it from them, it's still such a rare thing. I struggle with writing about it because it's not that common to yeah. find people that that find each other early and stay. But I loved what you were exploring here because even though I didn't meet my husband that young, I think we have not that young we were still pretty young but i now understand that the staying when it's work I, I saw an instagram meme that was like all relationships are work if it's good work you're growing together and if it's bad work you're you're doing the work and nothing's changing nothing everything stays mm-hmm. the same you're just like working to maintain the status quo and that's bad work it's yeah. not working but this was what you were exploring, this idea of the good work and the work that it takes to put into it, the choice that it takes to stay in a relationship when it's working. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that.
1: I love that. I, I think it was so important too. It's like, it's that work, exactly what you're saying, the work to stay and to, and to focus on what you have, but also something that I struggle with is like the trust in your past self to have like guided you here. And oh, so I feel like yeah. Amy sometimes, What I do too is when I'm stressed out, I definitely turn inward and I sort of think like, all right, I don't need anybody. I can figure this out myself. And Amy has to learn the same way I always have to relearn. Like, no, like look around you. Like you have these relationships and your family and in your partner and your cousins. Like there's all these people in your life that are there because you are, you know, a good person and you made these choices and that's, you know, it's the foundation that you've built. And then remembering that, you know, if you do fall, there are people there to catch you by nature of, of how you've lived your life to this point. And so I really wanted Amy to kind of relearn, to trust, you know, and not even so much to trust her plan and to trust the steps, mm-hmm. but it's just to trust like how she's moved through the world so far and, and letting her, letting that, you know, be there to support her when, when things are hard. And, and this is when she starts the book, it's, you know, the first time that she's wanted something and it, basically the first time she's wanted something and it hasn't happened or, you know, she made this step and it's, it's not going and, and it's so hard and so I really wanted Amy to kind of have to go through the struggle of, of letting people take care of her, which I think yeah. a lot of us, a lot of women have to deal with yeah. too. It's like remembering that there are people that will catch you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to kind of yeah. Yeah, explore that. And
0: that it doesn't make you weak and that it doesn't, yeah. you know, totally. make anything lesser. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also- Preaching
0: to the choir here.
2: Yeah. But and also- yes trust yourself amy but also that doesn't mean you don't have doubts which is another thing you explore which i loved i mean it's not this oh i trust myself so 100% confident in what i'm doing and who i'm with or or, or everything every choice i've ever made i mean so you she has to reckon with with sort of the past and the plan she made and the choices that she's made both Literally by seeing this handsome stranger from her past, and and also you know you explore it through her journals, which I mm-hmm. loved from college, where she's literally reading the words of her past self. And so I'm just sort of obsessed with this idea of looking back to move forward, which which oh, really? Amy does. So so why was it so important for you to have Amy sort of look at her past to to, to find her way forward?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's such a great question. And when you were saying, like, doubt is everything. And I think it's that I – it just – it's so universal. And I'm constantly wondering if I – Made the right choices, and I'm doing everything that I've always wanted to do. And still, it's like, should I have gone to law school? Like, I don't understand. Like everything, it's like, and so I, you know, yeah. I did it. Two
2: lawyers on the phone, so I was just kidding by shaking my head. But go ahead. I think you made the right choice.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's so hard to know, and I don't know if you guys watched Station Eleven, but that was like my favorite, one of my favorite Mm -hmm. adaptations. And there's that quote of. I don't want to live the wrong life, then die. And it was like, so it's so dark, but it's also so beautiful because we're sort of always asking ourselves, like, is this what I want to be doing? And, but I think it's that answer too that you'll never know if you're doing the right thing. It's again, it all comes back to attitude and willpower and sort of finding the peace with the choices that you've made. And so I thought it would be a fun way to kind of get a glimpse, not even just from, you know, a narrative tool, which is always diary entries are just so helpful. And again, I was sort of like using a toolbox of like a debut novel and not, no real writing class, just from reading. And I love books that feature diaries. And so I thought it would be a fun way to kind of get us back to Penn that wasn't with the straight flashback, but still something that felt like in her voice. And I always, you know, I think that college was one of those first places that for me where you meet so many people and you really see so many paths and Penn was very pre-professional school and that's why I say law school like I fully took the LSATs like was very prepared to like be a lawyer and then I didn't do that well on my test and I was like do I want to be a lawyer like do I just want to like, go to law school because I am no shocker like love school <laughs> i like, yeah. a very good student yeah. and I said, no, you know, like I'm going to move to LA and like work in a mail room and work in a film. And it was such a different path But it's, you know, you see your friends at reunions and they're all doctors or consultants and lawyers and nurses. And it becomes amazing to be able to grow up with these people that you have this sort of network of from college and see the different paths that they've chosen to walk. And so I thought it would just be fun, you know, at the moment when you're, again, doubting everything to be reminded of the hopes and dreams you had for yourself and these sort of big moments. And for Amy Emmett, who is the man from college days that she had a fling with when she was on a break with her boyfriend, now husband Ben, he's doing everything he said he wanted to and more. And, and it's funny, we were talking about The Interestings by Meg Walter was behind me on my bookshelf. And that was one of my favorite books I ever read because it, it has a similar sort of theme where the main character has sort of, you know, there was a man who always loved her and that camp, that character, and she says no to him. And then he goes on to become so successful and powerful and, you know, living his purpose. And she sort of feels like she's in a middling spot. And I, I definitely wanted to be speaking to that theme with Kismet because it's something I think a lot of us Always are dealing with like oh like did I make the right did I pick the right path and you see these other kind of horses flying by sometimes and it's like oh Mm -hmm. shoot like should I have been with that person like look how well he's doing and it's like no that's not right but you still feel I think it's universal and so yeah
0: I think that questioning is exactly what makes you confident because you I've been questioning all along I thought about it I I know why I made the decision I know why I thought I wanted to make another decision and then where I ultimately went was the path I'm supposed to be on. And yeah. so I think that constant doubt for me is what makes me so secure in my choices. And it also makes me secure in knowing that if it's not right in the future, I won't stay. Like I, I, I constantly question not because I'm a, like, fully unsure, it's because I'm shoring up my certainty,
1: yes, mm-hmm. and you care so much, like, yeah, I like yeah. Too, yeah, it's like you're putting in all of the thought and the time, yeah, with all things because you just really, yeah, you want to like give it that attention. yes, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely,
2: so your path to publication feels a little bit like kismet too, while we're on this theme. I would love to have you share the story of how you met your agent as
1: interns
2: at WME.
1: Crazy. It's the most fun thing. And it's so funny too because it really comes back to my love looking at my path and my agent and I had shared a boss. This is a spoiler of the story I about to tell you, but we both worked for the a literary agent, Jennifer Rudolph Walsh, who always was big on purpose and, and finding like the breadcrumbs of your life. But Ugh, you only I can see her. when you look back. And it's so funny because my path where I am right now, when you look back in the last seven years, it makes total sense. And yet, I never would have believed you even three years ago if you told me I would like be on your podcast today. It would be like, what are you talking about? You're crazy. But I met Sabrina as interns at WME. She, we were going into our senior year of college. And at that point, I still thought I wanted to do like entertainment law. And I was in the theater department and Sabrina was in the books department. And we were fast friends. And then fast forward to graduation, we both moved to LA, where we were working in the mailroom at WME. And then as assistants, I worked in the book to film department and Sabrina was in books. And then she moved to New York to be closer to her family. And I followed her to New York like six months later, and we wor- we ended up working together for-, for Jennifer, the amazing book agent, as co-assistants on one desk. And so you're in constant communication because you have like a lot going on and you're see- seeing each other on every email. And I love – And you have to coordinate like
0: bathroom breaks oh, and lunch. Yeah, exactly. My oh. husband was an assistant to – Ari Emanuel. Oh my
1: God. Yes. In in LA.
0: And he was co-assistant and you have to check with them on everything. Everything.
1: Everything. You can't, yeah, Yeah. you can't walk away. You can't take it out. All of it is sort of, you are an extension of each other. Yes. So crazy. It is. And it was so funny. And Sabrina was so, she's, was always so chatty and she loved the, she loves like, she's an amazing agent. And I was like, I want to just get my work done. like, I don't want to talk, but everybody <laughs> was always at our desk because she loved the like the schmooze of it, and which is why she like excels. And it was just it was so funny. But even just from my emails, she was always like, "You should write a book." I, like, I am not a writer. Like I want to work in development. But, like I love a good email. Like thank you very much, and <laughs> and then we sort of there. yeah, I love a good email. And then I ended up moving to work at the production company I work at now it's New York job came along in the film world. And I left Sabrina stayed to, to become an agent. We both got engaged shortly after that. So we were planning our weddings together and we were like G chatting all day long, like a first resort, like sharing invitation samples. Like it was, we really understood each other. And so that friendship stayed, we both got married in 2019. And then in COVID, COVID began, we were home I, my husband was getting his MBA on Saturdays. Always is the plan. May 2020, he would begin, because of when I'm a psycho, when his GMAT score expired meant that the latest he could... <laughs> enroll was May 2020, yeah. and which meant we had to get married fall 2019 because I wasn't going to be planning a wedding when he was in school on Saturdays for two years, which meant we had to get engaged summer 2018. And so like, again, <laughs> <I> <laughs> so that's it. like the best part of high school sweetheart is like we knew we were getting married when we were 17 years right. old. And so yeah. it was all, you know, at this point it was like, Zach, this is the calendar. Logistics.
0: Now it's just logistics. Yeah. Let's plan yeah. this out. Let's get out the calendar. Map God, it out. I love, I love getting out a calendar and I working calendar. backwards. Yes. It love it. Is. it.
1: <laughs> It tells you everything you need to know about me. It was like, this is the plan. Oh. And so anyway, what what we didn't expect was that it would be COVID when he started. And so his classes were remote for that whole summer. And all of a sudden, he was home. And I, there were, we were all in our apartments. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll, like, write a book. Like, this is, feels like a fun time to just, like, try something new. And so by July, I had about 30 pages. And I sent it to Sabrina. And she was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Keep going. And there we, and then by the time I finished it, it was about six months later of just like working on my Saturdays. By the end of the year, yeah, like I was on New Year's Eve, basically, I sent her my first draft and she oh, was wow. like, Oh, I think we can sell this. And I was like, What? Okay, like oh, go for it, Sabrina. And then to watch her like grow as an agent and have that win has. That's like the best part. And what I love about working, having started in the mailroom, Karina, you know, from your husband's experience, like you all grow up into your jobs together. And so it's the most fun thing to kind of get to be able to work with the people that you started with and Sabrina to watch her grow as an agent and then my film TV agent for Kismet. Was she was her name's Carolina and she was in my mailroom class. She stayed on to be a book to film agent in L.A. And so yeah. it's the most fun to be sort of like all the people on my team are people I like sat with at the office oh, elbow yes. to elbow.
0: Yeah, that is real kismet, <laughs> right
1: there. Card.
0: Yeah, and and how weird is it that I'm about to say what it, WME is kind of like a kismet yeah. generator because my husband's he's an entertainment lawyer. And he, all of the people that he is circling around, you know, they're in different areas, but they're all people he knew in the mailroom. Yes, so that, it that's is the
1: best part. Wild, yeah, wild,
0: that's great. It's
1: so, that's so fun, and that yeah. that's sort of it's one hundred percent the best best part about working in like entertainment, entertainment adjacent fields is the ability to really at a certain point like pick who you work with and like yeah. work with good people oh, and yeah. work with friends. Oh, yeah. And that's what's so much fun is like all of these people who stayed in the industry, and all of a sudden you're execs together or you're putting them in your writer's room. You're like, what
0: it's so wild, that's right? Summer. Exactly. Have you a me? So, yeah. Well, we gotta talk about astrology, and you give us a gift which we absolutely love. And right off the bat,
1: mm-hmm. telling
0: us that the, the twins, Amy and Joe, are cancer. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you are a Sagittarius. Yes. And we've already I feel like we've already touched on a little bit of this stuff, but Man, I'm all when you were talking, all I was thinking was, Do you know about Saturn's return? No, oh my gosh, because oh, it seems no. like that's what you were just going through. It's the period of time. Well, and you mentioned it's right on the eve of their 30th birthday. It is the period of time Saturn takes 27 to 29 years to return to the place that it was at the same position it was when you were born. So, people, depending on what house you, you have it in, people experience a real shift in their lives. Even if nothing changes, kind of like Amy, nothing changes from beginning to end. It's a questioning of everything so deeply. And so like, you know, like what is happening here? And it feels like that's more your speed. Kate was talking about the, which one did we find out recently? The 42 year old one is... In oh my god, Uranus. in opposition.
2: Uranus. Uran, Uranus in opposition. Yeah, yes. it happens. Yeah, when you're like 42. Because Kate escaped.
0: I think I I've escaped. always been like, I think yeah. you escaped Saturn's return. I don't know how, but <laughs> but then if you escape Saturn's return, you get the Uranus. But wow, I that was Amazing. the most tumultuous period of my life, and again, almost nothing changed, but I felt completely kind of reorganized and reshifted yeah. and questioned everything and but like it,
2: lots of people are now talking about this like adele oh, like oh yeah absolutely. saturn's return like did you yeah. when adele's last album came out you know she'd gone through a divorce and like she had that beautiful concert at the the yeah. place in la she was wearing saturn, saturn earrings, earrings. Wow. she has a saturn tattoo now it was all because of the changes she made so not so some people really do go through like life transformations, but it's even still, it's just like a, a reckoning or a questioning. So yes. we thought maybe the twins. You have to look
0: that up for you. yourself. So look up, up yeah.
1: Yeah. the rest of the day because yeah. it's so there. Like it. it's in it. I love it. Wow.
0: Yeah. But the amazing thing is you do kind of come out. I mean, for me, I came out on the other side and much stronger and it was never, and I never got to that level of questioning again i knew even i mean there's doubts of course everything in life is a little uncertain but i never experienced anything like that again so you're in the clear maybe
1: yes yeah. me and joe are too that's amazing yes. okay. i can't yes. wait yes. To so do you
2: that. relate to being
1: a sagittarius that's sort of the one thing that I don't – I almost don't let myself go down the holes because I'm such an obsessive person that yeah. I know it will <laughs> transform everything I do. Yeah. All I know is that we're like on the cusp – because December 21st and so on the cusp of – Capricorn. Capricorn mm-hmm. and Sagittarius. But yeah. No, I think – yeah. I'm afraid – almost afraid to go in so deep. Oh, yeah. I I think if I wasn't a quadruplet, I would definitely, but use I use quadruplet as sort of my similar, like, well, you know, like I can't drive. Yeah. just drove me. Like I use that as my reason for like all of my ways right. of being. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your, more of the, the identity that you, yeah. that you relate to, but. I mean, you give us a lot of things in here. There's like, the zo- you mentioned the zodiac signs. There's a mention of Mercury in retrograde. Yes, Her mom sure says that. at one point, we should have consulted the psychic. <laughs> so, you know, and, and we talked to a lot of authors who use tarot, which we love.
1: So like, what are these things you're into? Any of these things? So- yes, Definitely. Into – I love like the birthday book. Like our boss, Jennifer Rudolph, mm-hmm. W. Me, was a big birthday mm-hmm. book person and like I what that, that says about you. And before she hires you on – famously on her desk, you she meets you and reads the birthday book. Together.
2: Oh, my God. I her. love that. Oh, she's I amazing. love that. Uh, yeah, she's By the way, her. that is so accurate for me, my birthday description oh, in that yeah. book. It's so oh, accurate. It's so yeah.
0: yeah I love that.
1: Yeah, so sort of that those things and then definitely like Mercury and retrograde and and those ideas. Yeah, I love it. But I need to get into it more. No,
0: you're circling it just fine. And yeah. you'll know when you're called down that rabbit hole, you won't be able to resist. So yeah. just keep Saturn's return might have just but, done it to her. Yes, we might have yes, just
2: sent yes. her down the rabbit hole. Totally yes. there. Yes. Oh yes, my God.
0: Yes. Well, before we sign off. Tell us what you are loving right now because I love anybody. You sound like you get obsessed with things like I do. and So am so Obsessed, we obsessed hear. with Daisy
1: Jones and the Six. I mean, this last weekend alone too was like the biggest weekend of like Succession Episode 3 and then like Taylor Swift breakup and like there's just so much happening. <laughs> so much. I'm obsessed with all it's, of it. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's too, much, maybe something too much. Too much content. Air, like consult this moment. But yes, mm-hmm. I love like – this is a really fun moment of TV I think between – Succession, Yellow Jackets, Shrinking, Swarm. I'm just throwing recommendations out, mm-hmm. and that's what's so fun because when you work in film and TV too, it's like, oh well, like for work, I have to watch The Bear, like I have to yeah. watch the show tonight, and it's like I have real work. And I'm like, my work is real too. <laughs> yes, like, it is. And, like, these things don't it. make themselves. Yeah,
0: I have to have comps. I have to know what the market is. Yes, <laughs> Come on.
1: This, this is my on Friday. That's How was so that? Good. Oh my god! I do god. want to oh, see that. I've
0: heard it's so good. So
1: And it was really fun. The movie theater, it was opening night, was packed, and a big age range. Like, lots of kids kind of, like, running around so excited for the sports movie. And then, like, adults, like, everything was sort of full. Like, family movie, date night movie. And that's sort of, like, it's such an amazing return to, like, the theater type of film. And bringing back the real, like, theatrical experience. So I was a big fan. Got
2: Um, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's, like, breaking, good, you know, records. Yeah. Okay. You'll love it. Wow. So good. Yeah, yeah I awesome. know. I got to see we it, named Christine. named a lot of so, our TV so, favorites. Yes. So, oh, yeah. I spot oh, up we're... in
1: Yellow Jackets. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, so I good. That's one of my faves. Oh. And it's like, I feel like I'm afraid on my astrological deep dive because I do love – I love, like, cultish things, and that's why oh, it's, like, yeah. Yellow Jackets okay. is so up my alley because I just want it to get so weird and crazy because I I'm just – I love it. I'm so thrilled. Same. It's so weird it's and crazy. Give like, it to me.
2: Yes. <laughs> Same. Oh boy, Same. Well, you shouldn't. You're. This. This is going to be a deep rabbit hole for you. Then. So we. Yeah.
0: We, Tell we us do. what are you
2: working on?
0: Are now yes. creatively personally?
1: Yeah. Working on. So my. I'm still in my day job and. Yeah. Personally, we have the two sisters' wedding, so I'm back in the role of bridesmaid. No, I'm not maid of honor, so that's different from from Kismet. But we we picked names out of a hat. Me and my sisters. When I got engaged, I was the first one to decide who your maid of honor would be, so there oh. wouldn't be no like feelings hurt, and it would be very fair. So there's lots of weddings on their horizon, and then I'm working on my second book, which is a uh, return to Fire Island, a different beach town, but different characters and more like young friends, like mid twenties.
2: Oh, I love it! That. All right, now we really got to get there, Corinne. I mean, yes. she's gonna have another book set there. We've uh, yeah.
1: I know we it. got to get there. I'm to Fire Island. Yes. Yes. I, you know, I, I love the it.
2: Face of tourism for Fire Island, right here.
1: We're <laughs> at <laughs> at Penn, which is like maybe isn't surprising because I love that stuff, and so yeah. I definitely I want to do like a Kismet tour.
2: Oh and my my God, God. You definitely should. Yes. I was a tour guide at Boston College. Don't worry. I love it. I tell everyone that I could walk backwards. Yes. Could point yes. and talk.
1: We'll yes. Yes. It's yes.
0: Oh my gosh. I Great. love that. Becky, thank you so much for yes. joining us. This was absolutely delightful. I'm so excited. Kismet is out now. Buy it. It's amazing.
1: Oh, thank yes. you guys for having thank me. Thank you. Yay. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you.